Michael K. That's right. Let's do this one more time during this holiday week. It is Friday, December 29th. 3 p.m. in the afternoon, a football Friday, if you will, the last, really the last show of 2023, the last football Friday of 2023. If only, if only we had any football to talk about today. Oh, what a show we've got for you this afternoon. It's Pat O'Keefe and Ty Butler, noted Jets fan Ty Butler, coming off the Jets performance on Thursday night primetime football. Ty, I'll start with this. How was your evening, my friend? <laughs> Man, I- I'm so disappointed in myself. I-, I-, I really am, Pat, because I I try to treat this jet season like I did the Yankees. Uh, so there were uh, many nights during the summer. You know, I brush my teeth before I go to bed. I'm doing my thing in the bathroom. I look up in the mirror and I say, like, what are you doing? What- why are you still this frustrated, this demoralized after losses? The season's over. Like, there's no reason to be this emotionally invested. So, you know, detach yourself, focus on the offseason, and then move along. And I tried to do that with the Jets once they were officially eliminated. But, Pat, I found myself on my sofa last night punching the pillow. I I went to bed angry. Uh, The wife's trying to do the little small talk before, and I just had no interest in it. So I apologize to her. I know she's listening to the program. I, I still find myself wrapped up in a meaningless game. Uh, just because this team, it, it has this shadow that is casted upon me, and I, I just can't let it go, man. I, I'm so annoyed, but I'm happy to be here with you today. Happy to be here with you as well because we have plenty to dissect from this game yesterday. We spent a lot of time looking ahead to it during yesterday's show, and look, we, we, we know the backstory to this Jets season, how it began with these great expectations, how it fell apart four snaps into the season, how the Jets, unlike... And we've named the teams, at least a half dozen other franchises in the NFL this year who were able to overcome substantial losses and able to overcome adversity. The Jets were unable to do that. They were one of the first three or four teams in the AFC eliminated from playoff contention. They've been officially eliminated for quite some time. And with all of that as the backdrop, as you settled down and I settled down to watch this game last night, it was a reasonable question to ask how much worse can it possibly get and it took I would say three minutes and 50 seconds which was the length of that first drive by Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns to show us all how much worse it could possibly get and how much worse it would continue to get because as bad and disappointing and as much of a letdown as this season has been so far yesterday was rock bottom well, so here's the question I want to pose to the to you and the audience. So hit us up. We're on Twitter, Ty D. Butler, Pat O'Keefe 12, TMKS, ESPN, and of course the phone line is 800-919-3776. Because I'm a fan, and I'm not going to hide that. But if you watched that game last night and you root for this football team, do you seriously think that Aaron Rodgers is fixing that trash that we put on display. Uh, In the great words of the esteemed Michael Kay, I'll play along. I'll play along. You think Rodgers, you watched that game last night in all three phases, offense, defense, special teams, coaching. You think he's fixing this? 
You really think that he's going to be the solution to that garbage we watched last night? And that's where you, as a Jets fan, are really now concerned because that's 100% right. And Aaron Rodgers in his prime, and he's no longer in his prime, but Aaron Rodgers in his prime when he was winning the Super Bowl and he was going 15-1 and during the regular season, that Aaron Rodgers can't save what we saw last night. The only thing that the Jets, at this point in the season, continue to hang their hat on And they hung their hat a little too forcefully, in my opinion, and the opinions of many others. But the only thing they could hang their hat on was their defense. And their defense last night showed little to no interest in competing on that field. When you... When you look at the Cleveland Browns, what are they as a team? They, they got to, it's impressive what they've done. Coming into last night's game, a record of 10-5, and five, now 11-5. and five. They got to that point built on the backs of their defense. They've started four different quarterbacks. I know Joe Flacco has given them a huge shot in the arm, but this is a team that is very difficult to play against when they are on defense. Their offense is not a juggernaut by any stretch. And there you go. They take the opening kickoff. They march right down the field. Seven plays, 75 yards. Flacco on that opening drive, three for four for 61 yards. In addition to that, he had a 14-yard completion called back because of a penalty. The Jets showed no ability and, frankly, no interest in trying to stop the Browns' offense all night long. Which brings me, because you just laid it out perfectly, brings me to this. When you watched that performance last night, it was a, a bigger indictment on who? Robert Sala or Joe Douglas? Because what happened, as you mentioned, they got blitzed from the start, uh, beginning with that opening uh, drive uh, for a touchdown. Then you had, uh, which had to make Jet fans nauseous, Two guys on that impo- uh, opposing team that they had last year, maybe should have had this year, just light you up in a revenge game fashion. Flacco, matching his season high with three touchdowns. Also set a season high in completion percentage, passer rating, and QBR. So you could make the case his best game during this five-game run came against that vaunted Jets defense. Then we talk about Elijah Moore. Five catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Then he gets hurt. I hope he's okay because it did look scary when he was uh, with the involuntary movements on the field. But if he stays in that game, he's on his way to over 100 yards. His best game of the season. So uh, you look at the penalties, Pat, coming into the game yesterday. Who was the most penalized team in all of football? That would be the Jets. How about 12 more for 74 yards? Sounds buttoned up in discipline. Uh, there were just so many things last night that happened that frustrated you, that served as a further indictment on the brass of this team. So, again, I pose the question. You watch it. Was it more uh, about Salah or was it about Joe Douglas? And here's the thing, and this is where I want to hear from the Jets fans today. 1-800-919-3776. I see the calls are already starting to line up to talk about this. And, and we're here for you today on this Friday after what we all witnessed together last night. But, the funeral that we witnessed last oh night. Oh, my God. But the thing is, so the Browns come down. They march right down the field. They shove it right down the Jets' throat. The Jets respond immediately. So you think that if the Browns' offense is humming like that, well, then there's no chance for the Jets to win this game. But lo and behold, Trevor Simeon drives the Jets down the field immediately a six-play drive Brees Hall that 21-yard screenplay for a touchdown we're tied at seven so now you're thinking well if the Jets can can move the ball 
and get the ball into the end zone against arguably the best defense in the NFL with the Jets defense, maybe we stand a chance today. But no, it goes back to the defense. And you can this is this is where it's dangerous to run your mouth all season long. And Robert Sala continues to extol the virtues of his defense, even going back to DJ Reed's comments in the preseason, which have been repeated ad nauseum, going out and comparing this team and saying they could be like the 85 Bears. This is why you don't make those types of statements. Just go out there and play because when you give up 300 passing yards to a 38-year-old who is sitting on his couch six weeks ago in the first half of a game on primetime and you've already compared your defense to potentially being as good as the 85 Bears, that is going to be thrown back in your face. And, And so... I got off track a little. What I want to hear from Jets fans today, what is the feeling? Is the feeling is the feeling frustration? Are, are you just absolutely furious at what you saw last night? Or is it something deeper? Is it maybe a feeling of defeat? Because this is no longer about this season. This is about next season when there are theoretical hopes with Aaron Rodgers coming back. However, he's coming back with the same general manager, the same head coach, and the same offensive coordinator. And I'll now throw in the same defensive coordinator, all of whom were responsible for what we saw last night, the garbage that we saw last night. Yeah, and, and to go back to, you know, why it's so demoralizing and why if you're a Jets fan, you have to feel discouraged. We heard, what, just five days ago, this current regime is returning. Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, they're coming back. And I, I just posed a question, who do you think last night reflected more poorly on? If your answer is Sala, my question is, what's going to change from now until week one next year? Is he going to learn how to be a head coach during the offseason? Because his record now is 17-34 and in three years. And by the way, of those 34 losses, 19 of them have been by 15 or more points. So he's got more blowout losses than wins. We were watching some of the worst offense last night withstanding that we've seen in modern NFL history. You talk about them marching down the field. They scored 20 points, Pat, and it felt like an offense uh, offensive explosion. That's how putrid this this team has been on that side of the ball. And then as you mentioned, the defense, they got carved up last night. It was similar to them getting carved up in the the second half of that game against the Commanders on Sunday. And and then the worst part of it was, here's Robert Sala after the game when asked, you know, what is this team's issue dealing with penalties? I got to figure it out. I got to figure it out. That's a lot of pre-snap stuff today. A lot of pre-snap stuff, but I got to figure it out. That, that's an answer. Week 17, we haven't gotten there yet? That would be acceptable three games into your head coaching tenure. It, It is completely unacceptable three years into it, where it's like, oh, we got to figure it out. Week after week, Anthony Pusick is doing the game, so he has to hear, you know, we keep shooting ourselves in the foot. We keep shooting ourselves in the foot. At some point, it has to turn around, right? Three years, and you got the same issues? So, I, like, I don't know how you feel good about this head coach going forward. And then tackle on the fact that he's coming back, so there's no chance he's getting fired. It, it's insane, man. It's insane. Thank God. You know, did you ask Rich Samini the question yesterday? Why make the announcement when when they did? Yeah. Thank God they did. By the way, if that was if that was their intention, which it was to bring those guys back, thank God they didn't wait. Because imagine having to make that announcement that those guys are coming back after yesterday's performance. Can you imagine the outrage if everybody learned, you know, today or 
maybe on Monday or Tuesday that after that, Salah and Douglas are coming back? But I think to Rich's point, you know, Rodgers had already Rodgers, yes. Rodgers made the announcement on McAfee. So, you know, for better or for worse, uh, he's the one making the decisions. But, you know, Joe Douglas. So my, who was the worst player on the field yesterday? In, in my eyes, it was, it was Makai Becton. Makai Becton, yes, yes. So that's Joe Douglas's first ever pick as the general manager of the Jets. Makai had three more penalties last night. He leads the league in that category. He was getting abused by Miles Garrett. Uh, who was the best player on the field? That would be Joe Flacco, who, who gave Joe Douglas a call after Rodgers went down. Joe said, "Now nah, I'm good. So, so now this is the guy you are going to trust to... Roger said it's not a rebuild. It has to be a reload. You're going to trust him to reload this garbage in one offseason when he's had four years to do it? The offensive line looks worse than ever. You don't have as many explosive weapons on offense that you thought you had. You this two. is the guy you you're going to trust to do. You have two explosive weapons on yeah. offense. Two They're guys. very good, but that's it, too. Gibson and Brownlee, they're decent. but got potential. Outside of, or, or opposite of Garrett Wilson, you need another playmaker. You need another running back. And you might need three starters on your offensive line. And Joe Douglas, who, yes, has had some success in this draft. Uh, I, my, my analogy is more of a baseball one. He's got a high slugging percentage because he's hit on like Jermaine Johnson, Sauce, Brees, uh, Garrett Wilson. He's hit on some players, but the misses are terrible, man. The misses are well, he's so bad. Well, has got the bad. worst miss of all. I mean, you yeah, Zach missed, Wilson. Yeah, that's the that's as bad a miss as any general manager has ever had. And then look at the 2020 draft. It, it's a complete wipeout. No one from that draft because Becton's going to be gone. So this is the guy you're now trusting to in one offseason uh, turn it all around. I I just I I I would love for the Jet fan out there who's encouraged uh, to to sell me on why you would be with that head coach who I told you is 17-34, and 34, and that general manager who's had four years to re- rebuild this offensive line, and they look worse than they have uh, before he got here. Ty, there's one more point, an important one in the case against Joe Douglas. In addition to what you just laid out, he also brought in this head coach. Yep. This was his hand-picked head coach, who th- this team, as we have discussed, is not devoid of talent. They don't have enough talent. The offensive line is in shambles, but the defense last night notwithstanding, and I'll give the defense a little bit, okay? I came out hot against them. It was it was a no-show performance for them. They've had a good season. They're exhausted at this point, okay? I'm not going to judge this entire defense based on last night's performance. Even the last night's performance was was putrid, okay? It's still a great defense in my my opinion. They had a, a terrible night. It's a very good defense that has the potential to be a great defense next year in the right circumstances. So, he, that the the point I'm making is what would a average head coach, what would a above average head coach be able to do with the playmakers you have on offense and that type of defense? They'd certainly be able to do better than we're seeing right now. And Pat, that is exactly why la- the optics of last night was the worst case scenario because the parallels between the Jets and the Browns are are, are so fascinating. You've got both teams down to their fourth-string quarterback. You've got both teams dealing with injuries on their offensive line. Both teams have uh, inarguably top-five defenses. 
But yet the Browns were the team that last night clinched the playoff spot. Meanwhile, the Jets are now 13 years removed from their last playoff appearance. And what does it come down to, given all the parallels? It comes down to coaching. It, it, it shows you that, no, the season didn't end week one when Rodgers got hurt. It ended when we stumbled upon the reality that you don't have a coaching staff good enough to coach through adversity. And Aaron Rodgers could have helped them get to the playoffs. But this idea that they were some Super Bowl contender which I bought into was never going to come to fruition because at some point when you're playing elite teams and and you're at this much of a coaching disadvantage you're going to get exposed and that's what we've learned this season. This Browns team has also played in addition to what you said virtually the entire season without their best offensive player Nick Chubb and they have last night were without their current best offensive player Amari Cooper. So basically, that's the equivalent of if the Jets had played this entire season without Brees Hall and last night did not have Garrett Wilson, and yet they still scored 37 points. And the only reason it was only 37 is because they took their foot off the gas in the second half because they didn't want to get anybody injured. They just wanted to get out of there with a nice, easy, tidy victory. They did all of their work in the first half because that's all that was required against this Jets team. Yeah, it's amazing, man. And you know, you want to come out of this season just feeling a, a you know a, a glimpse of optimism. Which, look, a, a couple weeks ago, I was I was in that boat. I was in that camp, saying, you know what, great defense. You'll get Rodgers back. Rebuild the offensive line. Get some more weapons. I I I think you can still be the team that you envisioned. But there are some glaring holes, man. And Look, I, I feel bad killing Solid because he's a nice guy, but at some point your resume becomes what it is. And we can use the excuse that you didn't have a quarterback throughout your tenure, but we're watching, like, that went away this year when we watched Cincinnati and Indianapolis and Minnesota. Like, all these teams win with backup, and Pittsburgh win with backup quarterbacks. That, that, that gets erased to some degree. So I I hate to do it, Pat, but I got to be honest, man. I I don't feel good about this regime. There is reason to be concerned about every aspect of this organization right now. This is no longer – at a certain point of the season when you were eliminated, if you're a Jets fan, all you wanted to do was get to the end of the season and still have it in your mind. Let's just get to next year with Aaron Rodgers. But after what we've seen the last couple of weeks, the Miami performance two weeks ago where they were missing their top wide receiver and the Jets defense couldn't stop anybody on that field, almost blowing the game last week to Washington. The first half defensive performance yesterday against the Browns. No longer is the thought, okay, next year we're just going to run it back what we were supposed to do this year. We're going to have the opportunity to do next year. Aaron Rodgers is back and everything is going to be okay. That's no longer part of the equation for Jets fans. You are right and you should question and be concerned about everything involving this team going into next year. And you, and, and uh, just to go back to the point I made earlier, any other fan base in this spot while red hot would actually be, you know, anxious and looking forward to and having a, a, a glimmer of hope that come Black Monday, you wipe this thing clean. Mm-hmm. You've got a fresh voice coming. You don't in. even have that. Because to have that happen once again on primetime, what is it, Jess, now? One in five in standalone games this year? Like, to have that happen this close to the end of the season where you know that decision, in theory, you know, would be coming, 
would make you feel a little bit better. But five days ago, that vote of confidence, no, they're all coming back. You, you almost feel like a prisoner no, to this team that has c- consistently ripped your heart out. One winning season in the last 13 years, haven't made the playoffs in 13 years. I mean, that's enough is enough. And you don't want to continue, you know, this ineptitude of a of, of revolving door of head coaches and GMs and, and quarterbacks. But you got to get it right. <laughs> it's, uh, you haven't been able to do it for this long, which is, is frustrating, but also comical, man. Like, t- to be this bad for this long in the NFL, it's hard. It's hard, hard to do. It's, it's hard. It, it, it's a league built on parity, and this is 13 years without the playoffs. And right now, you probably feel as bad as you have during that 13-year stretch because this season started with, with some hope. But Salah is coming back. Douglas is coming back. Let's hear more from the head coach. We heard a cut from him earlier. The Jets entered last night. They went 33 straight games without allowing a 300-yard passer. The last guy to do it was Tom Brady in Week 17 in 2021. Joe Flacco threw for 296 yards in the first half. By halftime, this game was out of reach. So, Robert Sala, what went wrong in the first half? There was a series of, I wouldn't say miscommunication, just slightly off with regards to technique, but, you know, just like I said, it wasn't good enough all the way across the board, but I'm looking inward on me in terms of what we could do better on these short week games. So there's a couple things there. There's the technique, and there's these short week games. Now, how many short week games did they play this year? Was this their uh, third? This was, yeah, so they had the uh, – this is the Thursday night game. Uh, you had the Monday – you had two Monday night – you had the opening Monday night game, so that's yep. a short week. You had the Chargers Monday night game, so that's a short week. So would this be their third? And the Black Friday game. Oh, yeah, the Black Friday game, so that's yeah. four. Yeah. Yeah. So you think by now maybe – you know, you could figure some things out. You also hope by now you could figure out the technique things that are plaguing this defense. Salah was asked to follow up. Should a championship level defense have technique issues at this point in the season? No, for sure. And they happen. Technique stuff happens every play, every game, regardless. But, you know, we pride ourselves on precision. Obviously, we got to look inward. I've got to figure out what I can do better with regards to the week on these short weeks to, to ensure that we keep our precision. You know, from a play calling standpoint, where we're putting our guys in position to be comfortable with what they're being asked to do. Like I said, there's a lot of things I'm going to look inward first before I ever start looking at our players. And I actually feel bad for him, man, because like I said, I, I got a chance to, when I was filling in on the show uh, last year at this time, interview him, and he, he, he is a, a really good guy, family man, he's passionate, uh, you want to root for him. And, you know, it, it's funny, right, because like Adam Gase, uh, you know, let's, 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 let's keep it a buck, like that, that guy came across as unlikable, so you, you know, you spit the hot fire, didn't feel bad about it, he got fired and you were celebrating. All I, right, I want to like Salah. I want to like Salah. I, I do. It, but it's just you got, you got to be honest about what you're watching. And you're watching a team that hasn't shown much growth. I guess defensively, they were the worst in football year one and then became top five last year. So you've seen growth on that side of football. But you're not a, de- a defensive coordinator. You're the head coach of this team. So you got to be held accountable for all three phases of the game. And the locker room stuff, like you mentioned, <laughs> like that's just a symptom of what we've seen. 
Like the DJ Reed comment just rubbed me the wrong way. You're, it, it, it reeked of immaturity. The but Mike White T-shirt. He's made those comments too. Salah's made those comments. Yeah, he went, especially when after they beat the Eagles. You know, look at the gauntlet of quarterbacks we faced. We embarrassed them all. Now he walked it back, but and I understand on, he's a passionate guy. But bro, like the team has maturity issues. You can't say things like that because first of all, you didn't embarrass them all. Mahomes beat you. <laughs> so to say that you embarrassed them all is factually incorrect and you shouldn't be talking like that anyway you threw six weeks and you're three and three and, and then michael Cle- michael clemens last night it was funny you know him going at the, the browns fans like it's cute but uh, as an isolated video yes you can have fun with it but then when you watch all the other things that the team has done the T-shirts, DJ Reed's comment. We embarrassed them all. All the quarterbacks. How can like, you that let just players... becomes a symptom of a of a of an immature team? Ty, how can you let players on your team get on the plane wearing those Mike White T-shirts? They got caught up in the moment, and, and I'll be honest, because you know I don't want to be a fraud. In real time, I said it was no big deal, but I changed my opinion on that. You can't like he's he's your quarterback. He's the second pick in the draft. You're still invested in him. To allow that, you know, him to be marginalized that way was just insane. The Mercedes-Benz Holiday Love Celebration is going on now. Mercedes-Benz White Plains with incredible lease and finance offers on a variety of models and special incentives for current Amex card holders. Precision engineering and timeless design awaits you. And MB White Plains is the first Mercedes-Benz in Westchester to have a mobile service van. I can't wait to use it myself and remove the hassle from service appointments. Visit their showroom in White Plains or explore online at mbwhiteplains.com and start the buying process from the comfort of your home. Mercedes-Benz White Plains, proud member of the Pepe Auto Group, the name you've trusted since 1968. Hey, it's Michael K. I love when I get to talk about my friends at PC Richard & Son. It's a local company, family-owned. I trust them for my appliances, TVs, electronics, and a good night's sleep, too. Their experts use a four-step mattress fitting process to find you the right pillow, the right comfort, the right technology, and the right adjustable base so that your new bed fits you perfectly. They guarantee it. And free in-home delivery on all mattresses, $199 and up. So do what I do. Get to PC Richard & Son, the local company you can trust for your new mattress. Empire Outlets is the place to be this winter to shop, dine, and experience. Located steps from the Staten Island Ferry, Empire Outlets is easily accessible to all New York City and New Jersey residents. Shop at outlets like Nike Factory, Nordstrom Rack, Banana Republic Factory, Old Navy Outlet, Gap Factory, Levi's Outlet, H&M, Guest Factory, and more. Dine at restaurants including Wasabi Hibachi Steakhouse, Nori Sushi Shop, Shake Shack, Hazel's 423 Food Truck, and Baked Culture. Visit EmpireOutlets.nyc to learn more and follow on Instagram at Empire Outlets. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thanks for listening to the Michael K Show podcast. Hey, buddy. Hey. Catch the show on demand wherever you want. Just subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Football Fridays on 98.7 ESPN are brought to you by Nissan. Get ready to unwrap the season's greatest gift, the savings at the Nissan Thrill of the Drive sales event. Starring the heart-pumping Nissan lineup. Better hurry. These offers won't be back in stock. Pat O'Keefe, Ty Butler, one more time with you on this Friday final Michael K. show of 2023. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Uh, let's let you have a say. We'll open up the phone lines, 1-800-919-3776. And we'll kick things off with Jacob in the big city. Hey, Jacob. Hey, guys. Uh, like Ty, I'm a long-term suffering Jets fan. I've probably attended about 200 Jets games in my life. And at this point, I've just reached the final stage of grief. I've reached acceptance. Getting mad that the Jets lose is like getting mad that your three-legged dog can't win a race or getting mad that an aging quarterback who's lost a step can't survive behind this offensive line. I don't get mad anymore because I'm just hurting myself and I don't want to let the Jets hurt me. Jacob, do you have any reason for hope next year? Oh, he, he's gone. But, see, Pat, I thought that I had graduated to that emotional maturity level that he's at. And, I, you know, I told you I was treating it like the Yankee season where I said, I, I'm not going to allow this to happen anymore because then, like, it makes me look silly. So I, I watch it because I love the team and I got to talk about it. But I'm not going to get too wrapped up. And then last night I was just fuming, fuming. So, you know, they, they, they just keep you hooked. I, I will say this. I, I don't think that's a bad thing. In fact, it's a good thing. Because, it, you know, if you reach the stage of apathy and you no longer care about a performance like that put forth by your own team who you've invested so much time and energy into, then that means the ride is over as a but fan. But if, if they lose 20 to 6, then okay, fine. Yeah, you go to sleep, but fine, you're right. It's the penalties. It's the turnovers. How about <laughs> how about right we before? We haven't even gone through the line items here. Right? Oh my god! Right before a field goal attempt, right? Taking a delay of game and then missing said field goal, getting it blocked. It's just Wait. like a masterpiece of awful coaching and just execution. It's it's amazing. It's amazing that this is where we are. Considering where we thought we'd be at this point of the season before the year, this is where we are. It's it's crazy. Well, you take the delay of game because you have ten guys on the field for the field goal, but because it's a twenty-six yard field goal, you're like, okay, rather than burn a timeout, we'll back it up five yards. No big deal. You back it up five yards, and the field goal gets blocked. 
Let's go to Dan in Farmingdale. What's up, Dan? Hey, guys. How you doing? Uh, I think you guys laid everything out perfectly, really. Um, uh, you know, I want everyone to remember that this is rock bottom. I had my five-year-old and eight-year-old look me in the eye last night with their jerseys on saying, do we have to do this anymore? Can we root for the 49ers? <laughs> That's so sad. So, Yo, Dan, so can I just I tell guess. you something real quick? Bro, it doesn't make you a yeah. fraud. You can pick a team to root for the rest of the season, but you do have to turn that card in once the Super Bowl is over and come back to being a Jet fan. It does not make you a I'll fraud. I'll tell the boys that. I'll tell them you said that. All right, but cool, man. I want you guys, you know, we can th- think of the refocus. And remember, it's rock bottom. Let's say they go in and win it next week, which I don't think they will, but they'll be 7-10 and 10 going into a season that they're going to get Aaron Rodgers. Guys, this is where we were last year. We've heard that before. This is the Jacksonville <laughs> game. This yeah. is the Jacksonville game. Rock bottom, and then the hope comes. And you'll, and Ty, I know you'll be back, man, and you'll be all in come August. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. You know what? And appreciate the call, Dan. Um, it's actually worse than last year, though, Pat. Because, because you started last- with hope. Yeah, but last year you were getting 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers coming yeah. off of an injury, yeah. but yeah. not as significant as a torn Achilles. It was yeah. just a broken finger. 28 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. You're going to enter next season. Th- check this out. Three years removed from the last time Rodgers was great with a head, coach, a head coach you don't believe in, a GM you don't trust, and an organization that best you can tell just you know don't know what the hell they're doing. So it's tough. It's not good. And a defense that has been – think about the Jets' defense the last three weeks. Uh, first half against Miami, they gave up 24 points. And because of the way that game was going, Miami called off the dogs in the second half. Last week against Washington, okay, the defense held them in check and forced a couple of turnovers in the first half. And then Washington comes back and takes the lead on them in the second half. And then last night in the first half, Cleveland lights them up. And again, they call off the dogs in the second half. So basically, the Jets defense has had one good half of football over the last six halves. Because the other two decent halves they've had, and Robert Sala will try to sell you that there were improvements made in the second half last night. There were improvements made because Cleveland went into a prevent offense. Yeah, but I'm not concerned about the defense. Uh, the defense has been elite for two years. They're running out of gas. It's hard to keep up that intensity when you've got an offense that you know can't sustain drive, so you're on the field more, and maybe you're tapped out. You can say that's unprofessional. It, it gets to a point of the season, you know it's over. What, what really concerns me isn't the performance and whether that can translate into next season. It's the fact that they've had really good injury luck. We talked about this yesterday. The significant injuries have happened on offense. It's hard to go three straight years without experiencing a significant injury on defense. Al Woods was pretty big, but they're so loaded on the defensive line. It didn't really hurt you that much. That's my biggest concern. And it's something that you really can't control. It's just, you know, how sports work. You've gotten full seasons from C.J. Mosley, which you didn't think you would ever see after he had signed as a free agent. Uh, Let's continue with your calls. Let's go to Anthony in the mail truck. Anthony, what's going on? Gentlemen, what's going on? Pat, Ty, how we doing? Great, Anthony. What's up? Could be ending the year better, (laughs) but it's all good, bro. It's all good. Yeah, no, I I hear you, Ty. Listen, I'm not a Jets fan, but Perfect segue into my call. So the defense, right, is not the problem. So to me, I just don't understand how in any world that the offensive line coach doesn't lose their job. Anyone on the offense, you can you can tell me that Hackett has to come back because he's Rogers' guy and, you know, we saw what he did with Rogers. So I get why he still has a job. 
But any other situation, I feel like six games into the season, the whole regime would have been turned over. You know, without without the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, without the you know Aaron Rodgers coming back next year and, and everything like that. I just wanted to hear you guys' thoughts. Have yeah, a happy New Year, fellas. Same to you. It wouldn't have been six games because they were three and three at that point coming off. The, I, I would argue the best win of Salah's career. Yeah, there was hope, Eagles and game. then they beat the Giants. Were handed a game. They were four and three. Yeah, but I mean, isn't it isn't it funny that that was the last bright spot of the year? Because even after the Giants game, you felt disgusting, right? Yes, like you felt like you were rolling in mud. Uh, the players were, and and then fans figuratively felt that felt that way, and it was all it was it was all up in smoke from there, man. The problem is, and again, this goes back to the coaching, the undisciplined plays, um, you know, the, the, the fact that they don't seem to, to learn their lesson. The penalties, 12 last night, 15 last week against Washington, 27 penalties in the last two weeks. And the other thing is, go trace now, the, especially the last two years with this head coach. You're supposed to get better as the season goes on. This team, each of the last two years, has gotten worse. Last year they start out seven and four, and the bottom falls out from under them. They go seven and ten, lose their last six games. This year there's hope again. Even look, if you said at the beginning of the season we knew how challenging the schedule was, we, even with Aaron Rodgers, if you came through those first six games three and three, you would have taken that yep. and then take your chances from there with Aaron Rodgers. They did that without Aaron Rodgers. They got to four and three because of the gift that was handed to them by Brian Dayball, and still from that point, what are they two and? Two and seven in their last nine games. They're getting worse every year. Yeah, and then last uh, last year, you could have made the excuse. You seven and four. Mike White, he gets hurt. He's got the uh, broken ribs. You had to go back to Zach Wilson, who you had benched for a reason. That Thursday night game against Jacksonville, you turn it over to Strevler because the offense couldn't do anything. So you, you can you can excuse it, but once this becomes a pattern. It, it 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 becomes who you are. It defines you. And they're not a team. Like, what do we say about the best teams and the best coaches? Come December, you know, they get rolling. They get hot. The Jets are the opposite. The bottom falls out. Let's go to Steve in Middle Village. Steve? Hey, guys. Uh, thank you for taking the call. Our pleasure. Appreciate What's going name? on? Um, I spoke to... Uh, Michael and the guys about a month ago. And I'm not a Jets fan. I have a few friends and family who are Jets fans, so I'm sympathetic. And I have to tell you, thanks to this show, uh, you know, Michael K and the, the regular guys, I began to watch NFL football again the last couple of years to avoid reading political news. So now I'm into it. And i got to tell you, I looked at the records of all four pro teams, of all four four major sports okay. in New York, uh, in the New York metro area, over the years, uh, I don't know for a century, let's say, but let's say even from 1960. I'm sorry, the last good owner of the Jets was Sonny Werblin. He signed Joe Namath. I hate to be that old guy, but it's true. If you look at all the other teams, Mets fans have a lot to complain about. The Nets won two ABA championships. This Johnson needs to sell a team. It's not going to happen, and Steve. Salah, gonna... I agree with you. He's a nice man. He's an assistant coach. 
I'm not. Well, he's too probably sure about the general manager. He's probably going to be an assistant coach pretty soon, Steve. He's got one more year left. And thanks for the call. Um, you know, this is it. I mean, I think we can all agree that. As you termed it earlier in the week, Ty, the Aaron Rodgers scholarship, it's not a four-year scholarship. No. It's, it's a one-year a, scholarship. And if next year uh, goes anything close to what we're seeing this season, yeah, those guys aren't coming back. You, you don't see a general manager uh, with his resume uh, get hired back. The Jets now, um, four straight seasons of double-digit losses, that usually doesn't turn into you getting a year five and a year four for the head coach. So uh, they're, they're all in on Rodgers, and I think at this point, it's kind of the point of no return, so you have to see it through. But, yeah, there's, there's no shot that if, if this goes uh, messy next season that they're going to come back anyway. That is a franchise record, by the way. Four straight seasons of double-digit losses. They set records. That's good. They set a franchise record for futility for maybe the most futile franchise in the NFL. And they've got the record now amongst the four uh, major sports of consecutive years without making the playoffs. So it's been a historic season. Behind them for a while, they had the Mariners behind them for a while, but now it's the JETS with their 13 straight years of playoffless football. One eight hundred. The Sabers are right behind them. Sabers could tie them. There we yeah, go, Anthony. Sabres. So uh, do we root for the Sabres to miss the playoffs so that yeah, I you think know, you the do. Jets can have some well, do you want? It depends. Do you want the record by yourself? Yeah, no. This is not a record you want for yourself. Okay, so then you want the Sabres to miss the playoffs. Yeah. All right, go uh, everyone playing the Sabres this season. Jack Daniels has always made great whiskey and they always will. One thing Jack can't make more of, moments. Those are on us to create. New York football fans, we only get one shot at this thing called life, so let's make sure we're making the most of every moment. Jack Daniels is giving you and your friends the chance to have the ultimate tailgate experience during the NFL playoffs with me, Peter Rosenberg. Visit jacksultimatetailgateexperience.com to enter. Jack Daniels, make it count. Jack Daniels and old number seven registered trademarks. Please drink responsibly. Come into Mercedes-Benz of New Rochelle for incredible offers and exceptional service. Now through January 2nd, do not miss great offers like two years of complimentary prepaid maintenance and new lease and finance incentives on 2023 E-Classes and 2024 GLEs. Large selection of new and pre-owned cars available for immediate delivery and special lease incentives available on all electric cars, including a $7,500 lease bonus. And new at-home or at-work mobile service is available to local customers. Let them come to you for many routine service items. Call to schedule, stop by their showroom, or visit them online at mbnewrochelle.com. Mercedes-Benz of New Rochelle, proud member of the Pepe Auto Group, the name you've trusted since 1968. It's Don LaGreca here for Ramsey Mazda. This is the season, the season to save at Ramsey Mazda during the season of Inspiration Sales Event, like a new 2024 Mazda CX-90 for $399 a month or a new 2024 Mazda CX-30 for $199 a month. Find your new Mazda now at Ramsey Mazda. Choose wisely. Choose Ramsey Mazda. Call 833-853-2970 for details. Zero security deposit. VIN R113-8486 and RM614713. MSRP 41045 6,645. Tax, title, registration extra ends 1-2-24. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Well, that's awesome. Looking for more access to the show? That's right, man. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TMKS ESPN. All right, time for Inside the Numbers, brought to you by Eisner Amper. 
A lot of numbers from last night, Ty. How about this one? The Jets and the Browns combined for 51 points in the first half last night. That is the uh, the highest scoring first half since 2019 when the 49ers and Saints combined for 55 points in Week 14. The final score of that game, the 49ers won 48-46. to Drew Brees versus Jimmy G. That continued into a shootout. Last night's devolved into a uh, prevent offense versus futile offense in the second half. That's Inside the Numbers brought to you by Eisner Amper, a leading business advisory firm helping clients create a winning game plan to transform knowledge into action for your business. Check out Eisner Amper Solutions. Insight resources at EisnerAmper.com slash solutions. All right, let's get back to the phones because lots of you want to weigh in. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to Ira on Staten Island. Hey, Ira. Hey, Pat, Ty, how are you? I told you guys for two weeks leading up to this thing, Brissett and Flacco back-to-back is going to expose the Jets' defense, and they did it. Last night, and it's amazing, because the Browns are very similar to the Jets when it came to adversity. They lost offensive linemen. They lost players. They lost quarterbacks. They lost their running back. They they lost Nick Chubb week two. Right, but but you see, this is the difference when it comes to coaching. Flacco would never have the success with the Jets because they wouldn't know how to alter or protect him. But Correct. the Browns, they did so. To there's your answer right there. And I remember going with Michael K last summer, and I told him Flacco could still play if you gave him time. But at the at the end of the day, here, as a Jet fan, this is rock bottom. This is worse than Cotite. This is worse than the stretch in the '70s. When they were winning minimal games, they you know, Lou Holtz and it just, it just this is about as low as it possibly could get. And the mistakes, I hate to repeat what everybody said: the penalties, ten men on the field, twelve men on the field, blown timeouts. I can't really get on special teams that boxed the field goal last night, but they've been pretty solid. Why they had. Um, uh, Izzy back there for, the, yeah. uh, for a, big, a kickoff. Well, Gibson's done it all year. But the thing that gets me, and, and, you know, and I have n- no no faith that they're going to get this right next year. This was Rogers is coming back doesn't mean anything. The thing that gets me is the coaching uh, strategy wise. You look where Becton, he didn't get consistent help with with Miles Garrett all night, and he was like a turnstile. The fact that Cooper's out of the game, and they they didn't take their best corner, who's like this all-world corner, and they didn't shadow the tight end. This is like simple X and O's. They do this in in, in peewee football. The fact that the Jets, they're so stubborn in the way they approach games strategy-wise, and they they got exposed. And and Pat brought up a great case. You know, the, the last two years, they're in contention, you know, they're winning games, and when crunch time, November hits, they, they, they just fall apart. And it's happened two years in a row. And until they show me next year that this could be different, why should I believe that they're going to get this right next year? You shouldn't. You shouldn't. And I, I appreciate the call, Ira. I asked you this, Pat, the other day. Uh, how many times when you enter a game do you feel like the Jets have the coaching yeah. advantage? Yeah. <laughs> it is very rare. How about next how week? Ti- do you think they'll have the coaching advantage next week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's funny. <laughs> and, and how many times after you finish a game do you feel like, well, you know, the Jets outcoached that other team. They outscheme, outclassed, you know, beat them to every punch. It just never happens. And what he brought up with Njoku, C.J. Mosey was getting dusted. 
Like, how many times were you going to watch him just get wide open and run down the field before you realize, all right, no Amari Cooper, no Elijah Moore, Nick Chubb's gone for the season. That's their best player. Maybe we should guard him. It's, it's ridiculous. And he's not a usual tight end. He's the fastest guy on the field. <laughs> Did you see him pull away from Mosley last night on that 43-yard run? Jeez. And the same thing two weeks ago. They go into the, the Dolphins game. They get a huge break because... No Tyreek. The guy having the best season for a wide receiver maybe ever isn't playing. But you would think, like, all right, so no Tyreek Hill. So let's see, where, where do the Dolphins go without Tyreek Hill? Well, maybe, maybe you might want to cover Jalen Waddell. It's the same thing, and he ran all over them. It's unbelievable. It no like Amari they, Cooper last night. Wow. It feels like they're watching these teams for the first time when they take the field. You talk about the lack of in-game adjustments. I want to know if you think this is rock bottom. We're going we're gonna to hold off on that. We'll take, a, we'll take another break. We'll talk about that on the other side. Is this rock bottom? Because you could point to like 10 rock bottoms for this franchise. The bottom line is they have actually a decent chance to finish the season 7-10, and 10, which is what they finished last year. And you came out of that season with some semblance of hope. But the way that the last you know three or four months have transpired – is this a new rock bottom for Jets fans, as our last caller, Ira, had to say? Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.